Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Institute for Policy Innovation podcast. We're coming to you today from the studios of Salem Media Group in Dallas, Texas. I'm Tom Giovanetti, the president of the Institute for Policy Innovation. Today is December 15th, 2022, and I'm joined as usual by IPI's resident scholar, Dr. Merrill Matthews. And today, Dr. Matthews, we want to talk about your recent piece in The Hill, uh, where you argue that House Republicans should just say no to revenge impeachments. So first of all, I guess I should ask, what's a revenge impeachment? <laughs> That's an impeachment where you're angry at at pre, uh, impeachments that Democrats did mm-hmm. previously because you thought they were completely unjustified and not not worth the time and so forth. And so you're saying, you know, the time is now, we're taking charge in January. Okay. And so now we're going to try to impose our own impeachments on here. So it's payback time. It's, it's basically impeachment payback. Yeah. Okay. And, and we've heard this from several Republicans, not all of them, but several Republicans that the time is coming. We're going to take charge of the House. We need to look at several people, including Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. He's the one that's supposed to be in charge of the border right. and so forth. Exactly. And that is a complete mess. Which has been a, a complete policy disaster from the day he took he took his position. <laughs> it has and it has indeed and it's only getting worse. Yeah. As recent video has been showing of people who are lining up on the border, thousands of them getting ready to cross over when this title uh forty two ends. Yeah. Now so, I, yeah, yeah, I have to wonder. I don't mean to get you off track, but I have to wonder, can you impeach a cabinet secretary? Yes, you can. Okay. Because it's not an elected position. No. It's an appointed position. It's an appointed position. But, of course, judges are appointed also, and they can still be impeached. Exactly. And okay. we'll talk about that in a minute. So, okay. yes, you can. Some other officials have been there, – there's been some discussion about impeaching other officials. Even a little bit of discussion uh, about the notion of maybe we should try to impeach, impeach President Biden. None of that's going to go anywhere, but the, the talk is out there. So I would argue that Republican anger may be justified in some cases, especially with Mayorkas, but there's several reasons why they should just say no to revenge impeachments. So I went back to look for some background on this. Mm -hmm. So the U.S. Constitution lays out the process for impeachment in Article 1, Sections 2 and 3. And it basically says the House can bring up articles of, of impeachment, and if it passes by a majority, it goes to the Senate for a trial. And the Senate imposes a trial. Two-thirds of the Senate has have to essentially confirm the House impeachment. And if that's the case, if the Senate confirms, then the, uh, then the uh, federal official is removed from office. So this is a common bit of sort of careless uh, misunderstanding about impeachment. That right. The way a lot of people colloquially use the term impeachment, they include removal. They right. include conviction and removal in that, whereas impeachment is only really parallel to being charged. Right. The House, the, House in, uh, the House does the impeachment. Mm-hmm. And if, if, it, if it passes the House, the person is impeached, but it's not upheld until the Senate has a trial. So, and we see people who know the difference will sometimes use impeachment when they're talking about the person who's actually just been kicked out yeah. versus the House, and sometimes with others. But essentially, you ha- it's impeached in the House and has to be confirmed or upheld in the Senate. So that's the process. Now, there have been relatively few officials actually impeached in the House. The House actually has the record of this. And even fewer who've been taken to trial in the Senate. So according to the Senate's website, there have been 20 Senate impeachment trials in all. In all of American history. Since, since 1789. Okay. Senate 
impeachment trials. 14 were federal judges, and there was one who was a U.S. Supreme Court justice. Six of them were found not guilty. And there's been three Senate trials of presidents, Andrew Johnson, back following the Civil War, and then, of course, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, and Donald Trump was impeached twice. Not one of the three presidential impeachments was upheld by the Senate. So the point is, you impeachments are rare, and it's even rarer for the Senate to confirm them, and it's usually always a, a lower-level federal official, a judge who's been doing something that's incorrect. Now, I think it's probably fair, just as I think the founders probably intended for us to amend the Constitution more often than we have. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably fair to guess that they also thought impeachment would be used more often uh, than it has been used. But again, Congress has other tools, too, for discipline. They can censure. Yes, they can. You know, they can censure their members. They can You could censure a president or something like that. You know, and I don't know about what the framers were thinking. They had it high crimes and misdemeanors. And I had a number of responses to the piece saying, what about incompetence? Yeah. And I, I, I've responded, well, if, if incompetence is the goal, we'd be full-time impeachment because <laughs> there's a lot of incompetence up right, there. Right. But they didn't say incompetence. Now, you might say malfeasance. You might say if incompetence is so bad, uh, maybe Mayorkas is incompetent. But may, you may also come forward and say oh, there's lies or other things that he's mm. done. But And we also should mention President Nixon, Richard Nixon, was facing impeachment in the House, and that probably would have been upheld in the Senate had it gone forward, but it didn't. He he resigned. Of course, at that time, um, being impeached as a president was seen to be such a humiliating thing yeah. that to some degree, I, I think at that point in time, it was like, I'd rather resign than suffer this humiliation. Whereas once Bill Clinton survived impeachment, it's almost like, okay, so whatever, honor. whatever, you know, do <laughs> do your worst. So while the House can pass impeachment articles uh, with a majority vote, it's harder to get it through the Senate. And that high bar uh, is really a roadblock to House Republicans being able to try to get anyone impeached. And that's because the Senate's controlled by Democrats. And while it's least at least impossible that a low-level Democrat, let's say, let's say you had a judge who was uh, nominated and appointed and approved some time back, and that person is just just really not filling the job. You might get that person, that low-level federal judge impeached, but no Democratic Senate is going to impeach a high-level Democratic uh, appointee. Just not going to happen. Absolutely not going to happen. So then you ask the question, well, if the House impeaches somebody and it's not going to be confirmed in the Senate, what's the point? Right. Right. It's it's a it's a it's a questionable use of political capital and, and effort and energy and time. Absolutely. So some Republicans might say, well, impeaching the official at least makes a statement. It would harm the person's record. It puts a you know sort of a black mark on that person's record. And so then you have to ask the question, well, can we say that about Bill Clinton? In fact, he was impeached in the House. It was not passed. It was not upheld by the Republican-led Senate. And yet, Bill Clinton went on to become the most popular Democratic politician after he left office for years, before Barack Obama actually took the stage. Bill Clinton was the king of Democratic politics. Yeah, I don't know my history well enough to know if this was true of Andrew Johnson. No, I but I think it was true with both Clinton and Trump that they actually felt newly liberated yes. by surviving 
impeachment. And it's almost like, you know, if you can survive that, you can survive anything. A very important point, because rather than putting a stain on the the former or the president's record, it's almost like. Yeah, see, the the Senate found me not guilty, which just goes to show you that it was a partisan deal of the House trying to get at me because I'm doing such a good job. Yeah, it, it's it's very much the 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 old phrase: if you know, if you go for the king, you better get him. Yeah, because if you don't get him, now it makes you look bad, and you're the one who's probably going to suffer. And I think to some degree, we saw that play off with both Clinton and with Trump. That it at least in Clinton's case, it made the Republicans look petty. Right. And um, I think, it, it, in at least the view of a lot of Republicans, the same was true of Democrats when they tried to impeach Trump. It made them look petty and powerless to a lot of Republicans, or at least a lot of Trump supporters. And the other part is, you the, the country has so many problems right now. Republicans have run on, we want to try to address these problems. If you spend a lot of time trying to impeach uh, federal officials, Biden appointees, it looks like you're not doing the government's business, they're not doing the people's business, but you're trying to do political business. And so what I would argue is there's no problem with investigation. That doesn't take, for the House, from the House's standpoint, it doesn't take the Senate to approve or confirm anything. The House can go and investigate. But I would argue that the investigations, if you're going to do this, you need to be able to have a serious investigation that actually reveals things. I mean, mm-hmm. if it looks like you're just trying to go after and, and attack somebody and investigating and there's not really a problem there uh, or you're not producing any new information, then it doesn't really it doesn't really enhance your efforts. And the other party can turn around and say, see, this is just a political uh, fishing es- expedition to try to gain political points. Yeah, I think you're making a very helpful distinction between impeachment and proper oversight. Mm-hmm. Impeachment is its own thing. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's its own unique, powerful, rare tool. Uh, but it's the only tool in that toolbox because the, the, there's no question that Congress has legitimate oversight and investigation capac- capacity mm-hmm. and, and obligations. And so we would not be opposed to any of that. But on the other hand, would you agree with me that it's also possible that revenge could end up playing a part in some of that oversight, Absolutely. too? You can have revenge investigations that look more political rather than uh, really trying to do the business of finding out what's wrong, where there are issues. Let's say the uh, Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, when we exited Afghanistan, it strikes me as perfectly reasonable to have an investigation of that because mm-hmm. it was terribly handled. Yeah. And even if you don't, I mean, even if nobody sort of is forced to resign or anything of that nature, it was terrible and we did not do it well. This is on President Biden, though President Trump got the process started. And so uh, something like that strikes me as perfectly legitimate for investigation and handling of the border. Even though you may not be able to impeach and get uh, Mayorkas kicked out, it has been a terrible job handling the border from the point that they would not use the term crisis for months. Yeah. And now you've got people lined up and it is uh, you've got record numbers coming across. It's just an absolute mess. And the notion that you could find that you can investigate this, that you might find some serious information, some things that really is compromising or something of that nature or just incompetence. It might be so much that you force Mayorkas to resign. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. The the absurdity on the border started with the big announcement that 
Kamala Harris was going to be in charge. And then she re- refused to actually visit the border. Right. <laughs> it's sort of gone downhill it, from it's there. It's gone downhill from yeah, there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's and 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 I would argue that from the impeachment standpoint, the, the real Republicans you ought to use the real public impeachment process we have, which is called the vote. Because if you can find things out and you can force some officials to resign, that's fine. Yep. Otherwise, hold this because elections are coming in two years. There will be different candidates on there, and it might be a good time to make some serious changes. So to sum up, um, I think that we would say that there's a difference between proper oversight and investigation Mm -hmm. and political revenge. Right. And uh, one is legit, and the other is, at the very least, a waste of political capital and likely to actually alienate the voters who would like to see you working on something productive instead of just attacking the other side. Well, we would invite you to check out our website at IPI.org and to sign up there if you'd like to receive notices of all of our new podcasts, content, and events. If you've enjoyed this podcast, how about giving us a favorable review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform? If you do go to our website at IPI.org, you can also help sponsor these podcasts by becoming a member of IPI's Giving Society. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.